Hello and welcome to Outside is Overrated Game Club. In this monthly segment, we play a game with our community and we invite our Patreon supporters to join the discussion. If you want to join in the fun, support Outside is Overrated on Patreon at www.patreon.com OIO. You can help for as little as $2 a month. Outside is Overrated is supported by or is sponsored by Premier Health. Check out their website at premierhealthmn.com. That's premierhealthmn.com. I'm your host, Thompson Logic, and we've got a full bunk bed for the discussion today with Hobbybox Joe Burns. Hey yo. Dr. C Casey Aline. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Jimothy the Witch Fitzgerald. Hey, you came up with a nickname for me. Alright. Hey. <laughs> and Mrs. OIO, Phoenix and Logic. Hello. We're gonna jump right into it here. Burnsy. We've talked Diablo on the show before. I am well-established as a Diablo nut. You're slightly less obsessive about the franchise than I am, but you've played quite a bit of Diablo 2 and 3. What were you looking forward to with D4? Yeah, I mean, I've played all the Diablo games, as long as you're not counting Immortal as a Diablo game, the phone version. But uh, I've, I've played a good amount of the other ones. I've beaten 1 and 2 um, way long ago. Uh, I don't think I ever finished three. We got close, but I don't think we ever finished it. But um, for me, uh, I enjoy the games a lot. And um, it's typically something, though, that I get into for like a few weeks, uh, really hardcore into it, and then basically drop off of it after that and never touch it again unless there's some like pressing reason to do so. But uh, I do enjoy the games a lot. Yeah, it's a killer franchise. Jimmer, we met when I was at the height of my Diablo 2 craze, but for the life of me, I can't recall what your affinity for the franchise is. I know that if I remember correctly, you loved 3 and you hated 4 with a burning fiery passion. Exactly right. Uh, I, I started with 1, loved it. I played it way too much. 2, I never had a computer powerful enough to handle it when it was new. So, like, I beat it, but barely poorly three played the crap out of and then four played on release yeah i remember playing two on my uh roommate's computer because i also didn't have a computer that was beefy enough to handle it at the time and then my roommate just suddenly moved out one day and i'm like oh well i guess i don't play diablo anymore (laughs) so jim didn't have a computer powerful enough to play diablo 2 on release but Pat didn't have a computer powerful enough to play Diablo 2 Resurrected on release, which I think is just an interesting uh, commingling of things. Yeah, and unfortunately they didn't port it to the Wii, so he was just left out in the dark. Uh, Phoenix, Diablo 3 is your favorite video game, period, and you haven't played any other game in the series. What were your hopes and fears going into 4? I was hoping that it was going to be very similar to D3 as far as... um... I don't know. I latched onto it. I enjoyed it. It was very... Um, You're speaking about three right now. Hey, sorry, yeah, three. I really enjoyed it because you introduced it to me and I felt like I could handle it because I didn't do a lot of... I haven't played a lot of games like this before, so it was kind of nice to be able to jump into a game that seemed like a big boy game, D3 was, to me when we played it. And, it, and I was able to play it and it felt fun and it seemed relatively easy and doing everything so i was hoping four was going to be the same experience for me and so 
That's what I was looking for. So so we fire it up, and you see that there's five new characters to choose from. What kind of uh, reaction did you have to the character selection? Tried. Because <laughs> there was no monk. I loved the monk in D3, and there was no monk, and I didn't know who to choose. I know we started playing characters in D3, and I tried the barbarian but the monk for me had more of a fluidity that i enjoyed and so i tried the druid because i've heard people bashing the druid was never strong enough for people and so i thought hey i'll give it a try so and i love being in the middle of the fight and fighting right in the middle of everything i hate ranged i can't handle shooting bow and arrows it's just not my strong suit so i have to be in the middle of everything so you heard people trashing the uh druid for not being powerful enough then we go to the other end of the min max spectrum and casey <laughs> you have uh you've never played a video game before what did you expect when the Xbox just magically turned on and started flashing the bright and pretty colors at you? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't really sure what to expect. You know, I've never played a video game before, and I've really <laughs> never played Diablo. And I, for real, like, I, I, not only have I never played Diablo, I've never seen any online content for Diablo, so I wasn't sure what to expect. I didn't even know it was a top-down. I knew it was RPG, but had no idea what I was getting into at all. Well, let's set some expectations for uh, what this part one discussion of Diablo 4 is going to cover. We're going to talk about character creation, our thoughts on the moment-to-moment action, single versus multiplayer. We're going to talk some spoiler-free impressions of the story. We're going to give our thoughts on builds, and we're going to talk about upgrades. What we're not going to cover in this episode is any story spoilers, endgame content, or endgame content. So uh, those are the ground rules that we're working on. If you're looking for that spoiler and endgame discussion, that'll be in our part two discussion next month. But starting with Diablo 4 characters, it has five to choose from. The Barbarian, Sorcerer, Necromancer, Rogue, and Druid. Phoenix, how did you approach Diablo games, and which one of these characters felt like the best fit for your playstyle? Um, again, I heard online that the Druid was you know, being bashed a bit, so I thought I'd give it a try, plus it was close to combat style and I've always in, was intrigued with druid history the animal you know uh, the earth um, connectiveness with the druids so I was leaning towards that because of that and it looked cool with the shape-shifting options that you had with the werebear and the werewolf so I thought I'd give it a try so and to put words in your mouth you like to jump right in the middle and hit somebody I do does the druid scratch that itch it does. Um, it's not as... I loved... I hate to keep going back to the monk, but I love the monk because I could use two-handed weapons. The druid, I keep... I mean, a weapon in each hand, where the druid, I keep picking up um, two-handed weapons. I wish I could find ones where I can put one in each hand, but I just... It's been good. I've been enjoying it, and the skill tree has been a little complex for me, but... I like that close combat being in the middle of it and fighting and hitting hard. So the shape-shifting has really helped me sort of use other bigs of tricks with the druid. So, Sure. And you mentioned that you tried the Barbarian in D3 and it just didn't click. Bernsey, you've been playing a Barbarian a bit in Diablo 4. How did that fit your personal play style? Yeah, so, I mean, it used to be whenever I played a Diablo game, and I'm pretty sure this was even the same with, like, Diablo 3, when I first played it too, I would always be the barbarian. 
Um, and that was it. Like, I don't think I really ever played too much else of other classes. I maybe messed around with the Necromancer in D3 when it came out. Um, and then I played, I think, a little bit of the Witch Doctor, um, possibly. But I didn't play a lot of it. It was mostly Barbarian. Um, so when I started messing around with D4, and because we were doing some different things in, when we played D2 for the podcast... I decided I was going to actually play a mage because I hadn't played a wizard or a caster character like ever in any of these games. So I played that and liked that a lot in D2. So then that's what I kind of rolled with my first character in Diablo 4, as well as like when I played the beta and the demo and all that stuff uh, leading up to launch. Um, but then when we were playing in a group, um, I, I you know it didn't make sense for us to like double up on classes. And so, and I didn't want to play the same class that I've been playing um, on, like, when I've been going through solo. So that's what I ended up going with the Barbarian again. And that's been fun to mess around with. I mean, Phoenix, if you want to have lots of weapons, like, the Barbarian has, like, four <laughs> weapons that they have on them. Depending yeah. upon what different attacks. They have two single, and each different attack, they do use different weapons. And I don't know. I don't even know how someone could switch between all those weapons I know. <laughs> and, and, and hit things. But, uh you know, they must be skilled. Their rage fuels their ability to grab weapons fast and hit things with them. So, I always find that fascinating with Diablo because I haven't played a lot of games. You guys have, but, you know. Well, not Casey. <laughs> I just, I was amazed playing Diablo 3 and 4, just the different feel that characters have when you play because with the monk, I fell into it, felt comfortable with it in D3. Playing the barbarian, it just... I had a little bit more trouble trying to get my hands wrapped around it. And even with the druid, you know, I'm still trying to get comfortable with the character. And it just, it's kind of interesting. You think it's just a computer character that you're controlling. Why should there be a difference of, you know? So I find it very fascinating how they can make it feel different when you're playing a different character each time. So, well, someone who's. I will say, oh, I, when I was playing the. Uh... After I played the after the final beta finished for Diablo Four, I I reinstalled and played a little bit of Diablo Three, and it like it surprised me just how drastically different <laughs> Diablo Three is from like just a gameplay feel perspective, um, and then like your level up perspective as well. Like it's just a very different game. Um, which it's been so long since I had played it that that wasn't like super present in my mind so that was interesting to get that understanding so i can clearly understand why you would see that uh it would control very differently between the games yeah yeah we played a fair amount of three getting ready for four to relaunch jim you beat three you've completed four as well how did you approach your character selection uh so at release i i swapped between sorcerer and druid sorcerer wizard whatever in class and a druid uh and i kind of bounced back and forth between the two finally settling on the druid uh bit of a regret <laughs> for me it was druid wasn't in three and like phoenix said i wanted to play around with the shape shifting see what it had to offer it seemed like it would be a cool class uh so i went with that one uh i liked my sorcerer more on the um, on the recent plays, I've been I've been going back to the Sorcerer and really enjoying it. Which you can play as melee and just jump in there and explode things, and it's a oh, lot really? of fun. 
So you've been dumping on this game, criticizing me when I was toting it as game of the year last year. And it's just because you didn't like the character that you were playing and another character fixed all those issues? No, I have I have my reasons for not liking it. I will give it, in my experience, Diablo games, they start off worse than their predecessor, and then they come out with patches and updates, and then they start making the game better. D3 was not good on release either. Uh, so I'm, I'm holding out hope that they make improvements, but I got my reasons for disliking four more than three. Yeah. I hated three and, with and, the burning fiery passion when it came out. Sorry, birds. No, that's fine. And just for like a, a context for people that are listening, we're recording this pretty much at the tail end of season two, right before season three releases. And so <laughs> if that drastically changes everything that we say, when the next season comes out, uh, you know, that's why uh, we sound like we're crazy. <laughs> But we probably are crazy anyway. <laughs> Disagree vehemently. Uh, Casey? <laughs> oh, go ahead, Jim. I was just going to say, like, you guys made uh, me and my wife hop back in and try again. Like, why not? And she's having a lot of fun. But then I looked at it when I log in. And it's like, season two ends in eight days. I'm like, we're not even going to reach, like, the end game. And we're going to lose our character because the season's over. So season three it is. We're doing it again. <laughs> Can't wait. At, at least you can skip the story in future seasons. <clears throat> Casey, you had never mentioned, or you mentioned that you'd never played a Diablo game before. How did you end up with the Necromancer, and how well does that fit the way you like to approach games? Yeah, since I've never played a Diablo game before, I just pretty much let the internet decide for me. Which so is like the perfect way to live playing. life, right? Yeah, it is for me. <laughs> um, I we've kind of discussed this in past shows where I I don't like to waste time with things so when I'm creating a character I wanted to make sure it was going to be the right fit beforehand so I didn't really want to mess around playing for a few hours with, with every character just to see how it, it fit so I just researched all the characters and decided to go with the one that I felt was going to be the, the best fit for me which ended up being the, the necromancer um, and normally I have an affiliation for tanks, so you know, the barbarians seem like it would have been a good fit, but the Necro necromancer, um, you're able to play it like a tank. You're able to get right into the mix and rush mobs and you don't have to stand back. Um, you can, if you want, there's, there's different ways to play it, but the, the way that I chose to play it was, is more of a tanky necromancer where you just go in and you're just splashing and carving up bodies, creating corpses. And then you just explode all the corpses and do a whole bunch of damage. Um, and it just, you know, commanding an army of the dead sounded really cool. <laughs> so that's what I decided to go with. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I just want to establish my own Diablo cred here. I like messing with a bunch of different classes. I beat D1 as all three of the classes. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, D2, my best character was a Paladin. D3, it was a Crusader. And D4, knowing that Phoenix wants to be in the action, I looked at range in my first character, and my most advanced character is a Rogue. Uh, as far as the moment-to-moment -moment gameplay, when you start tearing around Sanctuary, you have a lot of freedom for what you can do. You can jump into Acts 1, 2, or 3 of the story, clear optional dungeons, jump into micro dungeons, conquer strongholds, gather a boatload of side quests, or explore the wilderness for altars that boost all of your characters. No matter which direction you move in, you'll cut through swarms of demon fodder, elite units, and bosses. Casey, where did you enjoy spending your time most in Diablo 4? Running around the map and exploring, I would say, are the most fun parts. 
and I could just do that for hours and hours and hours. And that's really kind of what I did in the very beginning, but then I wasn't getting any of the story, and the story was really intriguing. So you, you kind of have to figure out, like, okay, well, do I just continue to explore and, and jump into all the different parts of the maps and keep doing all these side quests that keep popping up and keep jumping into all these bosses, or do I try to mainline the story as much as I can and drop a pin and just go from dungeon to dungeon, which is essentially what I ended up doing kind of at the end here, but like I still get distracted. Like I'll drop a pin and I'll run by and I'm like, ooh, shiny. You know, like <laughs> I have to I have to run up there and see what this is real quick. And and that that's like I don't know. The the exploration and getting the different parts of the map is still like what I what I enjoy the most about. But uh yeah, it's it's kind of it is weird. Like you have to find that that balance while you're playing the game or you're never gonna get through the main story. Jimmer, did you have a response there? Uh, yeah, I just want to throw on my Tom interrogator pants. Uh, Casey, <laughs> since you've never played Diablo before, but you're saying you're like into the lore of D4, like, do you know what happened in D1 through 3? Not at all. No idea. I know there's something with what? Astaroth that obviously happened, but I have no clue <laughs> what the heck is going on. <laughs> yeah, I'll summarize it. Like Di- Diablo goes into a soul stone, goes into your character's head. Um, then a bunch of shit happens into. Oh man, what time is it? Seventeen twelve. Uh, then a bunch of stuff happens in three, and the witch doctor throws a bunch of frogs out. At the end. <laughs> You're gonna go back and edit that. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go I mean, bleep that one out. I've I've played all of the Diablo games. I never finished three. I think. I think we finished the main game of three, but I don't know that we finished like the the Reaper of Souls, the extra content, for the expansion. Um, honestly, I couldn't tell you what the story was of any of the Diablo games. <laughs> to be honest, like I don't, and I like the story in them when I'm going through them. But then again, I'm mostly playing the games multiplayer, and it's so hard to latch onto what's going on with that. I think when you're playing that way. So that makes it difficult. Yeah, I agree. And like, I've devoured all of these games as a single player in groups. And like, I still can't give you a comprehensive through line, except that Decker Kane identified a metric crap load of items for me. And that's the thing I miss most in this D4 is Deckert. I almost got Tom for Christmas, a t-shirt that said Deckert records with the logo, you know, <laughs> And I do miss having Deckard talking while we explored the dungeons in D3. Stay a while and listen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Casey, did we let you finish your point or did we cut you off? Oh, that was it. Awesome. Well, Burnsy, how did you enjoy spending your moment-to-moment action in Sanctuary? Yeah. So Diablo, for me, it was always... All the other Diablo games have always been all right, where's the point I have to go for the story quest now? And whatever, like, map I go on to, you got to go around. To, you basically lawn mow it. You go up and down, <laughs> you find the edges, and then you, like, make sure that the entire map gets cleared off. Um, and then you just sort of work your way through that. You get to a dungeon, you do the same thing. Um, the interesting thing about Diablo 4 is that I, I feel like there's a lot more in the overworld map especially that you have to be able to that actually like incentivizes you to explore like you'll find little nooks and crannies in the world that'll like lead to a little area and then that'll be like there'll be an altar of lilith there 
uh, which will give you some sort of a boost to all of your characters that you utilize, um, which is like an interesting thing, or you'll find a dungeon or you'll find a world event that's going on. Uh, and, and so it's just all of these different things that you can stumble across or like looks in the map that you can find. Whereas, especially we've been like the one I played most recently is D2. And so that it's just like, okay, you find what the rectangle is. You who find the edges and you go all the way through, maybe you'll find something somewhat interesting it's usually just, oh, there's an altar of this over here. That's cool. And that's about it. Um, but here it's just like there's actual interesting things to find uh, within it. And so I think that's that's been helpful. Um, but, yeah, I think the, the tricky thing, like Casey had said, is without it, like, kind of really forcing you into the main story, uh, you, you just lose track of it and you you wander around and do all sorts of things like he said do you go search go go chase this shiny thing and then uh, oh yeah I'm level 20 and I haven't even gotten to act two yet <laughs> you know or yeah. and, and so it's crazy oh yeah I just think it's that the point that you just said there like I just hit level 45 today and I haven't finished act two because of how much <laughs> stuff that I've done <laughs> In the, in the beginning well phoenix uh, i think it's fair to say that we've taken a more focused approach here right like we just mainline the story and like we're in the end game content is that is that how we're approaching this game you want to sell it that hard don't you <laughs> no well it's just i was expecting d3 you know like you guys talked about uh, you i guess joy explained you know you are sort of streamlined into a storyline and you just go through that story clearing the map but it keeps plodding you along with the main story so that's what I was expecting and then all of a sudden the whole map just kind of opened up I'm like oh my goodness what have I gotten into and here's a giant list of things that you can do <laughs> yeah it's like and then so I got caught up and you know like you guys talked about, just like, oh, we should clear this area down here before moving on to the next area because I don't want to forget about something down here and I want to cross things off the list. So it was a new experience for me being imported into this world where I have this open map, open world to explore and never have done a game like this before. It's like, oh, let's finish this before we move on. And so I have completely forgotten what the whole story is about. I have no idea where we are. And so it's like, because with D3, it's like, oh, this is clear cut. This is what's happening. This is what we're doing. But D4, it's like, like Casey, Joey have talked about, it's like, oh, dungeon, let's get her. Let's level up here. Let's keep doing these different things to level up. We spent our first 40 hours with this game playing together completely in Act 1. Like, we accomplished virtually nothing except yeah. for leveling up, and uh, I had a ball with it through that window. Jimmer, how did you approach the moment-to-moment -moment gameplay? Did you mainline this? Like, you're the only one of us that's completed the story so far, so how did you approach D4? Uh, yeah, so I started off... Uh, I was going through every side quest that, that the game offered, and it offers a ton, and you level up but you're not moving anywhere and uh eventually i said enough with that i'm mainlining the story i was recommended mainline the story to get it over with and 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 that's what i did just bypass everything just get through the story and that basically got you to the level um to at least close enough to level cap so that that was my approach to it um 
and I took down notes of things to say. Um, Joey's mentioning, you know, Diablo 2, he runs around and you the, you identify the rectangle that, that lays out the current area, but you got to find the exit. And it just made me realize right then when he said that, like, Diablo 1, 2, 3 are all procedurally generated. You Every time you play, you're going to get something random. It's not a, not spectacularly random, but it is random. In D4, it provided me, here's Kiovashad, here's the map that you're using, and everything is already there, and it made it uninteresting to me. So. Interesting. So you hated this game with a burning, fiery passion <laughs> because it wasn't procedurally yes. generated. <laughs> exactly. 100%. Only huh. reason. Huh. Well, uh, my brain just exploded. Yeah, I was going to say, you just blew his mind, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I'll just keep reading down what I wrote down on the paper because I'm not <laughs> capable of a rebuttal. Uh, D4 lets you adventure on your own or in groups of up to four players. Burns, did you enjoy the single or multiplayer more? And how did the multiplayer in D4 stack up with some of the other games we played for OIO? So Diablo 4 is probably the Diablo game I've played the most solo. Um, I like, I'm pretty sure I messed around with Diablo one a lot, a solo, but I played through the majority of that game, like with friends at a land party over like a, you know, 36 hour period. And same thing with Diablo two, um, you know, just mowed through everything, um, in that same way, um, in a land party, then Diablo three, it was you, me and Lance playing through or me and Lance playing through, um, depending upon side two different characters and we were kind of playing as groups because we were maybe going to do it as a uh, as a episode of Good Gamecast before that fell apart way long ago. Um, but uh, yeah, so this one I've actually played a lot solo. Uh, I will say though that the multiplayer so far has been pretty solid. Like, it still has that same problem where if you're doing main story stuff um, like Sure, it does actually allow you to have the time to go through it, and depending upon who's initiating the quest, um, as long as they don't skip it, other people can like watch the things or something like that. I can't remember where those instances have come down, but uh, but ultimately, it's like worked really well. We've only had like a very few issues with disconnections or something like that. The most complicated thing was just getting it set up so that. You know, we could all connect into Discord and talk since Casey's playing on Xbox and most of us are playing on PlayStation and Jim's playing on PC. Uh, and so it's just one of those things where that was probably one of the trickier things to get figured out. Um, you've probably had a lot more <laughs> issues with that than we have. Well, I just thought it was interesting trying to explain the difference to Casey between seasonal and eternal characters. <laughs> that yeah, was one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I, I still don't know, but yeah, like, <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of mad that I made a seasonal character now, knowing that all the hard work that I made, and now my level 45, not even story complete character is about to be deleted in 10 days. Well, he won't be deleted, he'll just move into the Eternal Realm, and a new seasonal start, and you can create a new seasonal character to get all of the seasonal benefits, you can buy your battle pass, get your fancy lobster hat, and uh, <laughs> it's a great time. And yeah, Gollum. That's not so bad, then. Yeah, so it's like the blood stuff that's going on right now. That's like the only stuff that's seasonal specific. Otherwise, like you'll be able to do all sorts of other things once your character goes to the Eternal Realm. It's just there's going to be new events um, 
for season three when that comes out that are going to be different than the blood stuff. Because this is the season of blood. Blood. <laughs> I will. I want to make a point here that we have been playing cross cross play because Casey's on Xbox, generally on Xbox One. Uh, Phoenix, me, Phoenix, and me are on the same uh, PlayStation account. Like Phoenix doesn't have a PlayStation Online account. We just were able to play Coach Co-op with you guys just off of mine, which is awesome. Uh, Joey's also on PlayStation. Jim's on PC. Ryan jumped in on PlayStation. The crossplay works really well, and it's a little wonky using like Discord and getting Discord sunk to your console so that we can actually talk to each other. But all in all, the fact that we're able to play on all these different consoles is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did a really good job with it. And and like a lot of the other uh, multiplayer games that we've played, it's it feels like we had a lot more issues um, from time to time. Like Avengers, the broken tech demo that was Tom's favorite game of all time. <laughs> uh, like there was times where someone would just get disconnected and there was no way to get them connected back in. I think Outriders, we had some issues from time to time as well. Um, but this has been super seamless so far. Knock on wood. And Jimmer Jammer, you played mostly uh, LAN, I'm guessing, on PC with your wife? Uh, it's same as same as everybody else. You just join the online session and, and group up. Still the same. Uh, but continues to work seamlessly. I think the one thing you guys really haven't mentioned about multiplayer that really worked out well with D4 is that everything level matches to your character. So I joined up with you guys starting a fresh character and you guys are level 30. Like I'm not dragging you down. I'm not slowing you down. I'm able to participate. And so it's not like, Oh, I got too far ahead. Now I got to stop playing for a week while my buddies catch up. No, you just, as you would say, grip it and rip it. And I think that worked (laughs) really well. I don't like the level. I don't like the way the level scaling worked in the game, but for multiplayer, it actually made it uh, work really well. And, and making me think about it makes me think that feature is better than I had originally thought. I guess the only down point we had for the multiplayer was with Brian. <laughs> I mean, I don't really want to throw Brian under the bus here, but to summarize, um, Brian didn't want to create a new character to play with us, which is fine. He liked his character. He, yeah. liked, he knew how it worked and all that. That's fine. But we created new characters, and we stumbled onto a stronghold, and he insisted that we keep trying to do this stronghold. Yeah. And uh, Phoenix and Joey and I were all brand new characters, and it just wasn't happening. And no. we were dying over and over again. Yeah. Uh, Joey, I think you said that was the most fun you've had with video games. Is that <laughs> Did I write that down right? I mean, that wasn't. it wasn't that bad. It's just, you left, dude. You just there. walked out. <laughs> Well, okay, well, so, because Brian was, like, level, what, 47 or some crap like that. You guys are both level 10. I was level 2. And it was, like, I'd literally go in against, like, the weakest thing in the stronghold, and I'd have to hit it, like, 30 times to kill it. At least 30 times. And so it was just, like, yeah, this I could just sit here and keep wailing on the same one person and dying over and over again. Or I could just walk outside the stronghold and level, <laughs> like, in a realistic fashion, and that's what I did. And that... That went well. I actually gained a few levels and kind of got a little bit closer to where you guys were at uh, during that time. And we took two different approaches to that situation because I was saying, maybe we should go on. Do we want to try a story quest? we want to do another dungeon? I was trying to push the group to do something else. Brian's like, no, no, we got this. We got this. And then Joey just doesn't say anything. Just quiet quits. Just, <laughs> zoop, I'm out of here. Like, I look on the map and I'm like, yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a yellow dot way down there. <laughs> I wasn't far away from you guys. I was just outside. <laughs> just riding the uh, 
experience train. But overall, yeah, yeah overall, oh, I would say I agree with Jim that online it has made things sort of playable if you're at different levels because I'm a little bit below you. Casey's above us, and I haven't really felt like I'm really struggling that hard when we've done a boss fight or anything. So from my experience, it's been not challenging when we've all been different levels. So that's been a unique experience to be able to be able to play, even though some of you guys are a little bit above me at the time. So, Well, we'll get to Casey here in a second, but uh, Phoenix, I specifically wrote down something you said here that you hate Diablo 4 with a burning, fiery passion and you would never play it on your own. You just... Just because I made one comment, you're just like, okay, she hates it with a brain fire passion. Every time I say something. Yeah, like, so, so it's true. You <laughs> no, hate it. I don't. Like, the movie, everything, everywhere, every once. I just hate started to critique it, and you're just like, oh, you hate it. You hate it. Yeah, it was an awesome movie, and you hated it. Like, I'm on the right side on this one, right, guys? <laughs> you need Absolutely. to watch more Asian films. You two guys, you guys need to watch more, more Russian and Asian films before you start <laughs> saying things. Yep, but no. It was a timeless classic for the ages. <laughs> yeah. um, I would say that, no, I really have enjoyed D4. Um, I don't think I would ever play it on my own. I just enjoy doing the couch experience with you. Um, but yeah, playing on my own, I just, I guess with the kids being at a young age, I don't see myself jumping on and doing it myself. So. Yeah, and to be fair, you don't really play any video games on your own. It's not like you'd have a free moment. You're like, I'm going to jump on the PS5. Come on, get yeah. the heck off that thing. Yes. No, uh, I just, um, you but, know, I just don't think I would on my own. And I want to point out something here, too. This is a big step outside your comfort zone because, like, you've played a lot of games with me, but you have never played in, like, a foursome like in the OIO community like this no like with a headset in and like on a group chat with other people so like that's a big step out of your comfort zone what is that experience for well it was interesting because I've never done um like you said have the headset in played with friends online with a game before but you do live with the commentary so you're kind of I've sat at the table watercolor painting listening to Tom's side of the conversation a lot of times which is always awesome (laughs) yeah so it was interesting to actually be plugged in to listen and be part of the group and you know it is interesting it's i like how it is able to bring us all together without having to all try to cram on a couch together to try to play and so you're saying that you wouldn't sit on a couch with me and joey and casey and jim all at the same time honey (laughs) it'd be a little tight and so it would be cozy it'd be cozy (laughs) but it's just it's a nice glimpse into your guys's world as far as you guys plugging in and being able to play with friends. I've heard stories back in the days of college where you guys would bring all your computers over and play, I don't know, was it GoldenEye or something? But it's just, it's nice to be able to experience something like this to be able to feel like I'm part of a big gaming group because I'm getting more and more experience with gaming, but it's nice to be able to actually experience an online gaming like this. So Yeah, you just wait until our girls can wipe their own butts, honey. Then we'll be like up all night playing Diablo. It'll be awesome. Uh-huh. Uh, Casey, you have been playing both solo and in groups. You've put a lot of time into this game so far. Do you prefer the solo or the multiplayer gameplay? Uh, both have their strengths. Uh, I really like playing solo for the main storyline because I just think it flows way better. Um, and you don't have to listen to me talk over everything 
Well, no, it's just like that's the actual story is your character going through these experiences. So like when you're with a group of people and they're all kind of going through the same thing, it doesn't make as much sense. It's just kind of disjointed, discombobulated, and doesn't actually fit true to the story. So, but the multiplayer is is awesome, and I have a blast playing with you guys. And like, I prefer when I'm more in the groups to do more dungeon crawling and just exploring of, of the map and fighting you know world events and, and doing that sort of thing um and i think that's where the multiplayer shines even though like playing with four people can definitely get a little chaotic when we're all running through a dungeon and it's just oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it got kind of kind of wild last last times when they're just Especially like when I opened that chest and it was just mob after mob after mob after mob <laughs> coming and we're all in there and it's like the screen is just full of, of uh -huh. light bars and like it's like, what in the heck is going on? And then it ends and there's just treasure and gold everywhere. Yeah. That's the uh, that's the full four player Diablo experience. Uh, it's kind of always always been I mean there's a lot more effects in this one, so it's even that much more of an overload. But when you, even like in Diablo 1 and 2, when you're playing with other people, or Diablo 2 when you're playing with other people for sure, like things would still get hectic when you get into big battles like that. So um, it's just even more so now. Yeah, and it balances really well. It's super chaotic, and the multiplayer experience is just awesome with D4. The story has you chasing after Lilith, the demon on the cover of the game, as she attempts to launch her master plan. Staying spoiler-free, Phoenix, are you invested in the story? No. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> the end. Well, it's just, I would like to be, but no, because um, experience a world map for the first time, wanting to check things off, you know, diving into events and strongholds and dungeons. It's like, I forgot about the story completely. So it's like, oh, what's going on? So at this point, no, but we should dive into the story more. <laughs> yeah, and I think what I've experienced so far is fine. I like Lilith. I'm interested to learn what she's doing. Jimmer, where do you come in on the story? Like, does it come to a satisfying conclusion is my biggest question for you. Well, I'm not going to answer that because you told me not to. Uh, <laughs> well, I said spoiler <laughs> My big thing was, who is Lilith? Have, have we met her before? Are we supposed to know anything about her at all? Because she comes in and trying to stay spoiler free here um but she's a bad person and up to no good clearly but like it just kind of expects you to know that or know who she is whereas like previously the baddies you encountered there was some some sort of background to them where Lilith is just like all right she's here and she's bad yeah. deal with it well i mean diablo is diablo everyone probably with any knowledge of christianity knows who diablo is but lilith is a new character. I thought they set her up really well early in the story. Um, Casey, apparently Phoenix and Jim both hate the story with a burning fiery passion. <laughs> are you with them or are you more on the Tom side? I'm, I'm of neutrality. Side for sure. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, everything that I've experienced so far I really like, like just from that opening cutscene to where um, you know, they're in that dungeon and the I don't know if the one guy is enchanting and trying, you know, and then they end up going through, like, this isn't too much of a spoiler. You're going to experience this in the first two minutes of the game if you play it. But um, I was hooked from, from there. And maybe part of it is that I don't have any Diablo background, so I have no knowledge of previous stories. So 
for all I knew, you know, Lilith wasn't the old ones, but clearly she wasn't. So that's even more cool because I'm experiencing a new character for the first time, just like everybody else. Um, what I really like kind of in this game too is the environmental storytelling where as you're going into these different towns, seeing how the NPCs and everything are being affected by what's going on and and these like mini side quests and stuff, how you are <laughs> helping them kind of come out of their bunk a little bit. Some of them anyway, some of them you drive them deeper into desperation, but it's, it's just kind of really cool how they play with that and, and seeing how they're, how the story and the narrative just with, you know, just fits with all these different minor characters that you're, that you're experiencing along the way. For clarity, are you invested in every one of the side quests that you're doing? Um, kind of, yeah. I mean, I sit and listen to it. Um, and, you know, then you run out, you do the quest, you go back to them, and then you you see what happens when you fulfill that quest. I'm, I'm not doing them all, you know, because I, I, I'm trying to get more into the mainline story. And if you do every single side quest, you're never going to be able to get through that. I mean, you would, but it's going to take you hundreds of hours before you get through all of that. But no, I really do like a lot of all the little, little side story intricacies that they, that they give you throughout, throughout the, uh, throughout the game. Well, I'm interested in Jim's take on this because Burns, I know how you approach games. I imagine you're the exact same way digesting every word that those NPCs have to say. What I do and what by proxy Phoenix has to do is I collect all those blue check marks. I collect every single one I can get my hands on. I open up the map. I'm like, oh, here's where the biggest concentration of them is. Let's go knock them out. Boop, 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 boop. Let's warp back. Let's turn them in. Don't care what they have to say. Skip, skip, skip. Give me my XP. Let's roll on to the next thing. Oh, jeez. <laughs> is that just Painful like MMO so fatigue or is that just uh, Tom being overly aggressive? I think it's a little aggressive. <laughs> Some people put a whole lot of time into that little side nugget that you're just completely ignoring, Tom. Yeah, I, and I paid $70 for it. Uh, so I feel like we both held up our end of the transactional bargain. They gave me a thing to do. I did it. I don't care what they have to say. Jimmer, am I crazy here? No, you're 100% correct. Like, I've, I've listened to a few of them. I'm like, I don't know who you are and what you're talking about. You are inconsequential to the grand <laughs> scheme of things. I don't care. I don't want to listen to your voice acting, except for Lorath, because that guy's voice is awesome. But yeah. the rest of them, skip, skip, skip. Get me going. Playing with you guys, you played so slow. <laughs> it, was, it was so hard to adjust. There was one point where you guys joined in. I was like, oh, okay, they're on this quest. And I just like ran to where I knew the quest was going to be. And then you guys were like, oh, somebody found it. Like... You guys didn't know where you were going. I was okay, like just slow down, let them experience. And then I saw that Tom was jumping ahead, like skip, skip, skip. All right, I'm I'm following along. But I didn't want to ruin anything for somebody that wanted to follow the story. Well, Phoenix, we're split two to two. Who's right on the side quest? Well, you know me, I hate reading. <laughs> you know. You have to blame Mario for that for me. Well, I have to blame Mario for that because playing Mario, it's like skip, skip. I can't read the skip, skip because I just don't want to take the time to read it. So ever since playing Mario, I'm just like any video game. I'm not going to read this. Skip, skip. So sorry. 
So there you go, Joey and Casey, you are playing it wrong. <laughs> well, the the one thing I will say, though, I mean, at some point I will experience all the side quests, and at some point I will, you know, listen to what what's going on with that. Right now, I'm not even touching, like, any of the side quests because I don't need to. <laughs> like, I'm already, like, maxing out the renown in each of the zones that I'm in just from the other stuff that I'm finding and doing. And so it's like, I'm just going to leave the side quests until I'm not going through the main story with the character and then use that as a mechanism to gain XP on, like, that character instead. Uh, it just feels like it's probably the best way to go about it. The little bits of side quests that I did do, I feel like they 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 serve the purpose that like a lot of MMO side quests do, where it's like it's giving you the flavor of this like area or this region or like what's happening to this specific town, which I think is good storytelling and it's fun if that's what you're looking for. Um I can understand people, you know, yeah, let's just get through this. Let's get let's get the shinies that I want at the end of it, and that's that. <laughs> I guess from maybe our perspective, and I don't want to speak for Jim, we have um, young kids, and so so ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> we just have a few, you know, hours to maybe fit in here and there, and you know, you want to share this with me and. You know, we just want to skip through things because we want to keep playing and leveling up and trying to push through to the end of the game because we'd like to finish this game, but we oh, don't. Oh, we're going to finish it. It's just our time is kind of limited with kids, bedtime, and, um, you know, the podcast, too, does take a bit of time, of our time, to get everything ready for each episode. So... I hate to blame that completely, but it does play a factor when we have maybe only two hours set aside to maybe play. It's just like, skip, skip, let's move on to the next thing. So, Even given infinite time, though, with all the time in the world, sorry, Burns, I'll give you a chance to rebut in just a second. Even with infinite time, I don't know if I would read all of these. Oh, sorry. really? Okay. Like, I want the rewards. I want the XP specifically, the gold and like the caches uh, secondarily, but... Even with infinite time, I don't think I would read them all. Okay. Probably digest more yeah, of them. I, and I completely understand those perspectives. And there's no wrong way to play a game. Like, as long as you're enjoying it, like, that's all that matters. I will say one of my favorite uh, points was when Casey grabbed that one side quest and that one guy was just following us around for two hours because he never went to do the thing that he needed to take the person to do. So he's just, oh, we got this extra person just tailing around, hitting things every now and again or running away. And that was pretty fun. Mix in with all his skeletons. It was great. Yes, um, yes it all blended together. Well, speaking of experience and leveling up, Phoenix, you were somewhat overwhelmed by the skill tree when we started playing. How much of a change is it going from D3 to Diablo 4? Um, with D3 being my first Diablo game, it was kind of nice because as far as what I've heard you talk about, they've streamlined everything. So I was able to choose a little bit, um, you know, skills here and there, but it was it just it gave me a directions where it's kind I kind of like you level up. Here's your new thing, and yeah. then like you equip the new thing. It's like oh cool! Now I'm throwing exploding frogs. This game is awesome. Well, and you could go back to an old skill. You didn't have to stick with the new one. And I guess you can do that with this game as well. But it's just I don't know. I just felt there wasn't. I didn't feel overwhelmed where I feel like with D four. It's just the skill tree is so expanse and so much to it, and you have to read every little thing and. 
it was hard for me to go online to just look at a druid build because I felt like that was cheating. Like, that's not what a true gamer does. But I ended up finally doing it because it's just like, I just don't want to spend time trying to figure it out, doing lots of reading on what would be the best build. And so for me, I had to finally look and find something that I could try and see if I liked it. Which I am enjoying the one tree build with the one that we're playing, just the two of us. And so it's been helpful, but I guess I did enjoy how D3 did it. You know, I guess it was more streamlined in a sense. So I guess that was better for me. So then Casey, you also ended up using a guide. Like, what were your thoughts on the skill tree having never played a Diablo game before? And like suddenly you're putting points in this tree, all these different branches are opening up, there's all these synergies and things that tie into each other. Like, how did you approach advancing your character? Oh yeah, it was extremely overwhelming for me when I first looked at it and just saw everything that, w that went off of it. So I I am not a real gamer because I was not ashamed <laughs> to use a guide. <laughs> I'm going to jump in for a second. I, there's a reason why these websites exist, like Wowhead and all these other places. Like Real gamers do. They, they go for the meta build. As meta as it can get, they're going to like do it. So... Don't don't say that to yourselves because there's lots of gamers that that's how they approach the game. So would that actually make Casey the real gamer and Joey and me and probably Jim not real gamers? <laughs> Go ahead, Jim. Yeah, uh, I had icy veins open like the minute I created my character. Tell me what points I'm putting into and where, what makes a leveling build work. Uh, the, no shame in it. That's ARPGs are for that. Like the the fun stuff is the end game. <laughs> get there don't <laughs> you can level up and play around with what abilities are there to learn what you like and what you don't but like no don't spend too much time on it but overall i think d3 they try to simplify the the tech tree or the skill tree and they just watered it down to the point it was boring so d4 really opened it up with with their skill tree but also made it in a format that was like clear when you were selecting abilities what kind of their purpose was and laid it out nicely. I think they did a great job with that board. You guys haven't seen the Paragon boards yet. That's a different nightmare. 100% use a guide once you reach Paragon points. <laughs> Sorry, I went taboo. Yeah. Oh, and that's like, to your point, that's kind of why I decided to like right away start using a guide because there's so much other stuff in this game that I know me, and that if I'm trying to build this great character, I'm going to spend so much thinking time on the skill tree and trying to <laughs> min-max the, the Jesus out of it anyways that I might as well just let somebody else do it and enjoy the game as I'm playing instead of worrying about am I having the right skill? You know, Do I have the right passive set with the right you know build that I want to go? Like it's Somebody else did it for me, so I might as well just follow it say all right i hit level 44 where does the skill point go okay boop, there you go let's go kill some more stuff <laughs> that's interesting joey and i took a more hardcore slash less efficient approach and tinkered with a lot of our builds ourselves burns what were a couple of the different things that you tried out um i mean i'll agree with jim i i really like the way that they laid out the skill trees um and just the sheer amount of options that you have 
After playing D3, like, I cannot tell you how excited I was when I got my first skill point. I'm like, oh, God, it's D2 again. Oh, it's D2, yeah. but, like, a thousand times better. This is perfect. Yeah, it's 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 pretty great. And, like, and so the first character I was playing through was a sorcerer, sorceress. And uh, since I was playing around as a sorcerer in, uh, in D2 uh, and doing a lot with, like, the lightning skills, I was just like, I'm just going to go down the lightning path. And you still have options. Like, there's... At some step in all of them, even if you're going down a specific, like, path, um, which there's, like, each class tends to have, like, three different paths, it seems like, um, you still tend to have options at certain levels where it's like, oh, you have this lightning ability or this lightning ability. Which one do you want to do uh, over the other one? Um, or you could, like Tom did at one point, Add in, like, all four of your abilities at the first level and just have, like, a bunch of buttons that you can hit right away. <laughs> you know, so I think there's lots of different ways that you can approach it and play it, which I think is awesome. Um, so, yeah, I've really enjoyed doing the lightning build so far with uh, Sorcerer. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's been a lot of fun. Uh, you have to be, like, there's a lot of mobility that you have to do because you have to run around and pick up all your crackle energy because then you're just putting out more damage um passively as you're doing that um but seeing you play like the fire sorcerer like that just seems like it's quite a bit different as to how you approach things and and what you're doing with that and so i think that's really neat uh barbarian i don't think i have a very good build right now because i just don't feel like i'm putting out like any damage until i throw my ultimate down so i probably have to tinker or maybe look at a guide to fix that because it's uh it's pretty all over the place casey <laughs> do you very, uh not very powerful casey would you like to weigh in on your with your thoughts on ultimate abilities uh they are <laughs> overrated as are golems <laughs> you take a strange approach to games my friends uh my friend casey specifically i'm looking at you uh a couple of things like i love tinkering with the different characters and trying different builds out some of the builds that i've come up with just on my own i did a shadow-based necromancer i did a fire-based sorcerer i made an emotional support barbarian and i made a trap focused rogue and i just i love tinkering with these different specialties yeah and i think one of the best things about this that we haven't mentioned yet is that you can respec like pretty freely it's like it just costs you some gold and once you get deep enough down into the game like you have gold for days and so it's one of those things where if you don't like something you just despec out of those points and respec into something else and you're instantly trying something different which i think is which i think is awesome um in this game also yeah i agree it's very easy to change up your build it's like i'm having fun with my fire sorcerer but if i want to try cold or lightning it's like hold down square all my points are refunded it's like all right Star Ow! Hello, cat. Um, my cat just punctured my leg. Uh, thank you, bear. Well, I do have to say your ultimate for your fire sorcerer is pretty awesome. Yeah, all the well, all the ultimates are awesome. They're all powerful abilities that you should be firing off regularly on a cooldown. And I don't care what your build guide says online, you need to use an ultimate. You need to use an ultimate. It's called an ultimate skill because it's the ultimate like powerful ability, the most powerful arrow that you have in your toolbox, in your quiver, in your arsenal like jim do you use your ultimate <laughs> uh with my sorcerer i don't think i've unlocked the ultimate yet but a, a, a close to ultimate one yes the druid the leveling build no oh, the, really? the core revolve yeah i didn't touch an ultimate okay 
this game is weird. Yeah. This game doesn't make any sense. Uh, Casey's for crying out loud playing a necromancer that doesn't use undead minions. And Casey, you love this game. What what stands out to you about playing the necro and why do you like this build so much? Yeah, right now I'm using what's called a sever necro and mainly it I mean, I'm to the point now where I'm just using three buttons essentially, but it you know, basically what it is is you use a skill called sever which hits a target and it makes a target vulnerable, which adds a damage bonus. And then the other skill that I'm using constantly is corpse explosion. So as I'm hitting enemies, it's dropping corpses onto the ground, like you're cleaving flesh and it's causing corpses. And then I use uh, corpse explosion, which does massive amounts of damage. So it's just repeating those over and over again. Sever, main attack, corpse explosion. So it's just... That, that's all it is. I don't have to do anything else because I'm just constantly dealing out these massive amounts of damage to everything that's coming at me. And in the meantime, um, I also am... If if I get hit by a, a big attack or something and it drops me down to below half-life, I'm able to use a pot and the corpse explosion, what it has, it, it's refilling my life and my essence at the same time. So essence is basically the necromancer mana, which uses everything besides your main attack to, to use. So it's, I don't know, like right now, you can... I'm, I don't know if I'm over-leveled for the story or what, but I'm at, I'm at a point where I can beat dungeon bosses and the story bosses in pretty much two to three minutes with, with this build, and I'm not using any of my... Um, you said I'm not using the my golem. I'm not using <laughs> anything besides those three skills. But in the beginning, and that's what's kind of cool about it, is like the evolution of the character, where in the beginning I had to rely a lot more on my minions. Now I only use skeletal mages, and I really probably wouldn't even have to use those, but they're um, helpful or you can um, do shadow damage which can freeze or stun enemies or you can uh, set them as cold too which which would uh, then freeze enemies instead of stun them and apply different status effects and things which is which is nice so right now I'm still using them but I really eventually I'll get to a point where I don't have to use them and the thing is too once I mainline the story and I get past I'm assuming Lilith is obviously probably going to be the end one. So after I beat her and get kind of into more of the Paragon build, I'm going to be switching everything from my Sever Necro into... I was talking to Joey about it the other day where it's called an Infinimist Necro, where then you actually do use your your ultimate more. So Blood <laughs> Mist is what I'm using right now as my, my ultimate. So eventually I'll be using Blood Mist a lot more. Um, but the build that I selected was made for specifically leveling up quickly and kind of getting to that and just ease of ease of play. Like, it's made to do whatever you want to do in the game. Like, you should be able to handle whatever the game throws at you with, with ease with this build. And it's been very good. Like, I can just go into anything and besides the, the stronghold that I struggled with when I was talking to you guys, like, holy crap, these strongholds are really tough. Well... I just had to get a few more points into a couple different things on my skill tree, and I walked through those strongholds like they were nothing. Like a few days later, when I played against it, so it was. And I said, I'm to a point now where it's almost easy mode, which kind of sucks. Like I like things to be a little bit difficult, but 
I shouldn't be going to dungeons and just like having no issue clearing anything at all. So hopefully as the story keeps progressing, I'm getting into a little bit tougher content and some things are a little bit more challenging. But right now, yeah, I'm just mowing stuff down. And it's really, really fun. Talking about skill tree, I was just wondering about for Joey, you and it's a sorcerer, right? Um, that you have that mm-hmm. extra skill tree that you guys can actually... Um... Yeah, it's not exactly a skill tree. It's called enchantments. It's a class-specific ability for sorcerers where you get to choose two of your skills and use an enchantment bonus off of them. For instance, mine uh, summons a hydra that shoots fire at enemies, and then the other one randomly drops meteors on enemies. I guess uh, the question is to you, Jim and Joey, are you guys enjoying that added benefit when you're playing the sorcerer as far as having the extra little nuance to tweak something in that gameplay as far as improving your skill? Jim, have you unlocked the uh, sorcerer class quest yet? Yeah, so I did the the class quest for the sorcerer, and I, uh, you know, icy veins told me take fireball, which I'm a lightning sorcerer. I'm like, why am I taking fireball? On kill, it sh- the the dying enemy launches a fireball at the next enemy. So I teleport in. I do one cleaving melee attack, and it kills one enemy and hurts the others. That one explodes into a fireball, which hits somebody else, which is already low health so they die so then they explode into a fireball which hits the next guy boom onto the next group of mobs like i just want density as many mobs as i can because of this chain reaction it works great whereas the 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 class skill for the druid you pick uh can i talk about the druid sure yeah uh you pick like uh from from four different animals and they each offer different sets of abilities and uh the, the whole leveling build based off of that one was one of the abilities that lets one of your abilities have a chance to reset its cooldown on hit or on crit. So again, it was all about getting this density, as many mobs as you could, which was annoying because my, my wife would come in and start killing them one at a time <laughs> and I wouldn't have many to hit. But I wanted as many as I could for a chance to hit this activation, which would reset this cooldown. Otherwise, I found myself stuck waiting 30 seconds for a cooldown on, like, the one ability that I care about. Mm-hmm. I'd say yeah, that... I, uh, oh, go ahead, Burns. Well, I was going to say, the enhancements... So I did... Our enchantments, I did one when I finished the class quest. Um, and I think you unlock another one, another slot for it down the line, or maybe I didn't have enough to put one in there. I think I only have one active right now on my sorcerer because... I just completely forgot about it till Tom mentioned it the last time we played. So I have to look at that again on uh, my sorcerer and see uh, what I can add in there for that. And each one of the classes has their own class quest that unlocks a special extra thing for it. Um, like I forget what it is with my rogue. Oh, my rogue gives me three different ways that I can like specialize. I can, it can build up combo points. If I hit enemies consecutively, then I can trigger more powerful secondary effects on my different abilities. Um, Casey, what is it with the Necro? Is it the Golem is the class-specific quest? Yeah, which I never used. Not one time. <laughs> yeah, you never play games? Have not, su- have not summoned a Golem. <laughs> you play games? For, barbarians, for barbarians, it's weapon mastery, so the different types of weapons that you can equip, um, the more you use different types of weapons, the stronger you are with them, is basically how that works. So... Basically, you know, if you're using a staff or if you're using a sword or if you're using a mace or whatever, the more you use each type of weapon, the stronger you are with them. 
Um, so that's kind of how that uh, their special ability works. Yeah, all of the all of the like class specific abilities are really cool. Burns, what are your thoughts on the overall build options for the different classes? Yeah, I it's you know, and I kind of mentioned that before. Is I think it's it, it is neat that you have all of these different all these different paths that you can go down and how it seems to change how your character plays. So like, um, at least it seems like with the lightning, the way that I spec with, uh, with lightning, uh, sorcerer, um, you know, there's a lot more of like, you have to be moving around collecting your crackle energy so that you're just pumping out more passive damage. Um, and then with cold, it's all about like stopping enemies. So then, you know, they're not coming at you and protecting yourself. Uh, and then fire, you're just burning everything from what I could tell <laughs> from what you're doing, Tom. Um, uh, but it's interesting because I think it changes the way you you approach the class <clears throat> for each of those. Uh, same thing with a little bit that I dabbled with the rogue. Like I, I could understand doing the trap stuff is probably quite a bit different. than if you're doing a more melee focused or if you're doing a more range focused uh, approach to it. Uh, so I think that's neat. Granted, you know, then you're going to have the builds where it's like, well, the fastest way to level is just to do all this. And then, Hey, you're all the way through it. Um, <laughs> and then when it gets to end game, it's just like, oh, okay, here's like the two meta builds and, uh, nothing else matters. <laughs> Jim, you were disappointed by your time with the Druid. How did that class fall short for you? No, like I mentioned, it was based around, trying to get this one ability to reset and it was if it resets like you're destroying things and working quick and then if it doesn't like i would just stop and wait for it to to come back down because i couldn't walk into the next group and fight like i i could survive fighting them but i wasn't gonna hurt anyone and so you're just kind of sitting around waiting I, uh so that just i don't know it proved boring phoenix here on the other side of the coin with the druids what did you like about the druid builds that you played uh, so far, it's been. It, I've been enjoying the one that I found from the one site that it's just you and me with the rogue and the druid, and I the build so far has been working well for me. And I just get right in the middle and start wailing away. The one that I'm doing uh, with the internal or the seasonal, seasonal, it's I'm having a hard time with it. It's not as strong as I would like. I know part of the problem is the armor I'm getting. I'm just getting a lot of grays and blues every time we get loot. I'm not really getting a lot of yellows or legendaries, so I would like to get more armor to hopefully help maybe, but I maybe should tinker with the build a little bit more. I just don't feel as strong as I do with the other druid I'm playing. So Yeah, that's been a bummer about the seasonal character for you. If you could sit down with the developers of Diablo in a room... <laughs> Face to face, just like this. What's the one message you would tell them? You want me to say it. I want I? you to say it out loud. Bring back the monk. <laughs> and the rest of the line. Oh, you you put that in. Yeah, I know. It's going to sound very powerful coming from cowards. you. Cowards. Okay. Yeah, bring back go. the monk, you cowards. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I thought that each class had a very different feel. With the rogue, it almost felt like an MMO rotation. I was sprinting around the battlefield, laying down my traps, waiting for different cooldowns. With the sor sorcerer, I have a frenetic barrage, and I'm just waiting for my monitor refill so I can keep firing off my fire. Uh, with my barbarian, I charge right at the biggest groups, and I try to stun everyone to immobilize everyone for the group, and I just, I'm really impressed by how each one of the different characters that I played has had such a different feel. 
Uh, as far as upgrading our characters, there are several ways to upgrade. You invest points in skill trees, you upgrade your gear, you transfer legendary abilities uh, onto new gear, and you socket gems into gear. Did these upgrade systems work well together? Did they provide a true sense of progression? Um, so, to be honest, I've probably not paid attention to any of those systems in any way, shape, or form. I had one item where I, I like, distilled it down to an aspect, but I haven't attached that to another item. Uh, I, I feel like it's one of those things where in a game like this, and I think we touched on it when we were talking about Diablo 2 some also, it's like I have all these gems laying around or I have like the stuff to make the gems, which in this one, it's different. You don't just find all these gems. You have like a separate component that has like the pieces and then you mold them together into the gems. But it's like, I don't know, why would I socket something into uh, an item if I'm just going to replace it in three levels? Um and so that's that's with like the leveling process. It's just like I don't even know if it's worth it to shove something into the slot here, uh, because I'm probably just going to find something better, or hopefully going to find something better soon. Um, not from the Obol merchants, because uh, there was what six straight times I purchased from them, I got a blue or below. So <laughs> those people could kick rocks, but uh, but otherwise, you tend to find enough stuff out in the environment. Um, that's just going to continue to improve. And so, I don't know. I just haven't found a need to really delve into those systems too much. Maybe that would help me put up more damage output and be more survivable. Maybe I do need to put more time into that. Um, elixirs are like the only things, and that's just because you guys keep reminding me. Otherwise, I completely forget about those too. So, Part of the reason we're slow, so slow and moving from thing to thing in the world is we're constantly hunting for plants to make more elixirs. <laughs> but I wanted to jump to Jim here. Jim, you're the only one with the full picture of this game that's completed the base game and has uh, some issues with it. Do you think that a lot of these systems are more for endgame type stuff? Or do you think that we should be using them throughout our Diablo 4 experience? They are absolutely for endgame stuff. And this whole artifact um taking artifact gear and extracting an aspect in imprinting aspects like that's an end game thing and i think it's actually a really good system um but yeah you're not gonna touch it and i do have my my qualms with it but i think it it really improves end game gear hunting uh it makes it basically it makes it so yellows aren't worthless d3 you get a yellow you you don't even glance at it at all. You don't care. D4, you get to take a, a yellow that has the stats you want and an artifact that has this ability you want, and you get to combine them, and you get to maximize your stats that way. It's an end game thing. Don't worry about it too much. But it, overall, that was a good system. Awesome. Casey, your thoughts on the progression systems and how they intertwine? Yeah, no, I, it's definitely kind of piggyback on what he said uh, i i love the aspect respecting things and, and doing that but i didn't get into that until just recently like really after i got level 40 and i started to get some of the really high like my entire all my equipment slots are legendary right now which is I don't know. Like I did, it didn't get to that until recently. So Phoenix hold out, I think, as you level <laughs> up even farther. The the legendary drops come. So if you're gonna get there eventually and get some good good equipment. 
uh, gems, Joey. Like if you have them, you might as well use them. If you, um, what's that? When you bring to the your equipment to the uh, the blacksmith and salvage it, is that it? If you mm-hmm. if you salvage equipment that has a gem in it, the gems just pop out of their socket. You don't have to. They just drop back into your equipment again. So it's not. Are, are you, <laughs> you sure you don't that? Lose, I, you lose the gems. I thought you had to go to the jeweler to extract them, and then you could salvage the gear. I yesterday, unless I did something different, but yesterday when I did that, because I thought, oh, whatever, because I, I've made gems now that are like the top of the line ones, and those ones I tried to save by unsocketing, and then the other day I had a bunch of like the super low level gems that were just like laying in my, in my chest, and I was like, oh, I'm just gonna go and and salvage all these, and when I salvaged them, the gems appeared in my inventory. Huh. So maybe I don't. It seems buggy like that shouldn't happen and maybe i'm just imagining stuff but there are ways to unsocket it it just costs gold um if you want to do that but either way like if i have a socket in one of my things i usually just throw a gem in there because i'm finding enough pieces of gems around the the globe where even like the smaller ones it doesn't matter if if you do salvage something and they and the gem goes away, it's not that big of a deal. But they do give you just a little bit of added bonus, which is which is good. And it's kind of like upgrading upgrading gear too at the at the blacksmith. If I get a new piece of gear, I upgrade it two sometimes three levels if it's a if it's a really awesome piece of legendary gear that I know I'm going to hold on to for a while and have some good aspects that I'm going to hold on to. I upgrade it three levels right away because as Casey, you're wandering around and you're hold on for a second. Stuff. Casey, uh, Jim's shaking his head, and Joey wanted to insert a point first. Uh, Jim, do you want to make a snarky remark here? No, you're good. Okay, now Burns, <laughs> uh, you were trying to uh, insert at one point. Yeah, so I, the reason why I don't do the gems is because I do like the fact that you have like the small components of the gems that are just in like a side component pouch and don't actually take up a like a spot so you don't have to like throw a bunch of the gems in your chest or whatever. So, I probably won't probably won't create too many gems uh for that reason just so that I don't like in Diablo 2 especially, you don't have an entire chest slot that's just gems. <laughs> and then like another one that's probably starting to fill up with gems too. Uh I like the fact that they're just small chunks and I can build them up uh with the uh with the upgrading, uh, I only have 1.8 million gold and probably like a hundred of all of the different uh, materials. So I don't, I don't have enough to really upgrade any equipment. So <laughs> okay, good. Wow, Scrooge McDuck over yeah, here. And I know, and I know why Jim is shaking his head because it is, it, it is completely unnecessary. You don't have to upgrade to to get to end game, but it does give you like. Just, little bonuses and if if that system is there i guess why wouldn't you do it because it's it, it doesn't take long and you have so like like joey said you have so much gold you have so many materials and you get all of that just from world exploring so you kill a monster you kill a, a beast of any kind and it usually it drops a little bit of leather you don't really notice it but it drops what you need to get that just that first little upgrade it's leather and you have thousands of the stuff and it's never going to go away so why wouldn't you use it you know like it doesn't take long so that's my that's my thoughts on that but yeah i really i really like it and i like the um 
the occultist and everything that it brings, like the ability to add aspects and said to add value to your your gold colored gear, um, whatever it's called, um, and then being able to eventually remove some of the aspects once you get more into the end game material, uh, end game content is uh, and and add them to different types of gear. I just think that's really cool. Where in the beginning of the game, I was kind of afraid to salvage some of my stuff like oh this is really good and if you don't do that you you're gonna end up on the bad side of the under leveling yourself and you, you eventually have to get rid of some of that and if you have a cool aspect that you really like that works well with the build that you're you're doing then you're able to remove that and add it to a different piece of gear which is i like that i think it's really cool Plus, if you don't salvage the stuff, you're not going to get the transmog for it, so you can't look really cool. Oh, you got a transmog. Like, yeah. looks are everything in this game. <laughs> I mean, to summarize, there's a lot of cool systems for upgrading your character, whether it's specking out your gear specifically or giving little boost to your gear. You can put sockets into unsocketed gear so that you can put gems into it. There's a lot to play with here, and it sounds like we all have a pretty positive outlook towards it. Uh, except for Jim saying, wait until endgame for your heavy upgrades. So pushing the conversation forward, Casey, your initial impressions on the overall package having never played a Diablo game before. I absolutely love it so far, and I should have played earlier Diablo games. Yeah, we could have gone back to like the very start of our friendship, and like you could have brought your computer over, and we could have had a LAN party at my parents' house. It would have been great, dude. <laughs> Heck Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, when we get a time machine, that's going to be the first stop to go back and play Diablo together in high school. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> we'll tell Pat that's to pounce that good. Uh, Phoenix, your initial impressions of the overall package? Uh, so far, I'm enjoying it. Um, it's nice to experience something a little different from D3, even though I love D3 so much. It's just nice to experience a game with more of an open-world map. This is like the first open world yes, game you've is. ever really experienced. And playing a game where the story is not streamlined, you know, a lot of games that you and I have played, like um, Sackboy and everything, everything is sort of streamlined in a sense. So it's been very um, eye-opening and very interesting for me to play a game that has a little bit more uh, open world map and trying to figure out where to go next. And you just walked right into my trap, honey. Okay, <laughs> now the earth is lava. The entire earth is lava. Burns, you must feel relieved that this isn't being pushed on you. The entire earth is lava and the only way that we can continue life on earth as we know it is to push either D4 or Sackboy's Big Adventure into the lava for all time. They're going away forever. We can never touch that game ever again. Oh my which, gosh. Which one's going in the lava? <laughs> Well, I didn't ask D3. Like, I, I gave you that one, at least. D4 versus Sackboy. Who's getting pushed into the magma, honey? Probably Sackboy, because D4 would have more hours. Yeah. And, and like, we love Sackboy. Like, we do. I'm putting words in your mouth again. Like, Sackboy <laughs> is an awesome experience. Yeah. Uh, what were we talking about when I saw the opportunity? I love Sackboy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get enough Sackboy, man. If I could just get Casey to come over and give me the Logan technique while we play some Sackboy, like, it'll have an awesome night and I'll never sleep better. It'll be great. <laughs> Who would have thought the person that created Sausage Fest in college is the person that loves Sackboy? <laughs> Oh, what can I say? It's uh, it's awesome being me, my dude. Burnsy, your initial impressions on the entire package. Yeah, I've really been enjoying it so far. At this point, it feels like 
Diablo 4 allows you to level up doing whatever it is that you want to do to level up, which I think is nice. Uh, it's a bit weird that the the story is like so sprawled over and you know kind of a backseat to it. But it's one of those things also where once I go through it and I experience it, I probably won't touch the story and just if I create a new character, just skip the story and just dump jump into whatever it is I want to do. Um, so I don't know. I think that's cool. And, uh, I've been really, really been enjoying it so far. The level syncing is pretty nice. Uh, there's been a couple of times where I've hit like a little bit of a wall, but then like Casey kind of said, you get a couple more levels in a skill or two, and then it just feels like you breeze through stuff. So I don't know. I've really been enjoying it. Looking forward to playing more of it. I agree. I mean, I'm 50 hours into this game and I still have googly eyes for it. It's like when Phoenix and I are like, I dial it down a little bit with you guys, but when Phoenix and I are playing together, I'm like, I love this game. Like every like four and a half minutes, I'm saying, this game is great. Why isn't this the game of the year? Why doesn't everybody love this game? So, Jim, here's your opportunity. Tell us why not everyone loves Diablo 4. Because I, I have spent so much time on this game. I've accomplished nothing, but I've had a ball doing it. So I think the big thing for me, ARPGs are fun at the end game. That's where things happen. That's where things get interesting. That's where you make a real build based on all the legendaries you got, all the aspects, all the pieces come into play. And that's where the fun happens. Now, the first time you play through, you get the story, and that's great. And if I could sit down with Diablo developers or ARPG developers, I would say, give me a, a maybe not single-player mode, but multiplayer story mode where I do that story the first time. But then when I have to make a new character, a new season starts, do not ask me to play 40 hours to level up to level cap so that I can get to the fun part because that's what I want to be doing. And if you want me to wait that long, I'm just going to go do something else because my time is limited. Uh, so, Jim, if I, other... could, oh, if I could just poke at that for a second. So what I'm yeah. hearing is your main issue with the game is the seasonal format and creating needing to create a new seasonal character each time around that like you're just spending all that time leveling up to get to what you think is the fun stuff that kind of appeals to me because like i like the journey and i like tinkering with the builds so do you think that this game is just doomed and that you'll never enjoy your time with d4 <clears throat> i i think arpgs have had their time in the sun for me and as an adult with young kids and limited time they've fallen off the radar and that's like a me problem not a game problem but also that was my point number one as to why I didn't like the game, not necessarily the main point. Oh, then point number two? Uh, going straight apples to apples with uh, D3. D3 gave you rifts. Rifts, you go into town, you walk into rift, and it's just, here's a procedurally generated dungeon with loads and loads of monsters. There's more, more, more monsters, and there's a scaling difficulty that, that kept you going. But you stepped out you step in and you go 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 diablo 4 you mount up you run around you find a group of like five guys you kill them all all right now you you mount on cooldown so you gotta walk to the next group kill five guys it's just slow and then you gotta teleport between all the different towns and like get to the one that's closer to where you're going i want to go fast and this game doesn't go it slows you down and it drives me nuts and the last and the final, the big the big problem, and again, this is coming back to D3, but where is Kadala? In Diablo 3, you collect these, you go into these rifts, you collect these things called blood shards, you give it to this lady called Kadala, and she's like, 
here's some gear. Thanks for the blood shards. I don't know what blood shards are, but clearly she's up to no good. She has amassed thousands, millions of these blood shards. She's up to no good. I wanted her to do something. I wanted to find out that she was bad and that my Diablo 3 character empowered her. And I want to get not revenge because I she hasn't done anything. So I can't get revenge. But I wanted to fight Kadala. I wanted her to be evil. And she's just gone. Oh, makes me so mad. Jimmer, I love you. And I consider you one of my best friends. But like that seems like a silly reason to hate D4, dude. <laughs> I want to fight Kadala. <laughs> what if Kadala is Lilith? That that's the headcanon that explains it all. Now you love D four. Yeah, all right. Well, thank you for fixing D four, Burns. She been Kadala. If if she was called Kadala, at least she'd have a reason for existing. <laughs> Not a lesser than lesser prime evil. Man, if only maybe, they had called season, the season three content. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be... If only they had season called the blood petals Kadala. blood shards. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was just thinking about uh, D3 and Jim walking through like the rifts and stuff. Um, I found interesting with D4 with the events. I don't feel the pressure that you usually felt with D3 because D3 had the timer on, if I'm remembering this correctly, where you had a timer, you had to do everything in a certain amount of time so you can get that big massive chest. And if you don't do it in that amount of time, you get the smaller chest. I feel like that's kind of missing in D4. Well, D4 has a similar mechanic. Um, there's always like a mastery thing for a chest. Like if you slay all the enemies, generally you get the event reward. Yeah. But there's usually some other thing, whether it's a timer or protecting another person or accomplishing some other sub-objective. There's always something that gives you a mastery for you. Well, we've, the ones that we've done, we've always completed it, where D3, I always felt like it, it was a little harder. We had a harder time beating because there was more hordes of enemies. They were a little bit tougher, in my opinion, but I don't know. I just... Joey and Jim have played D3, but I just... I felt like the events were a little bit harder in D3 versus D4. But. Clearly we've mastered Diablo, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Looking for a rebuttal? Seeing none? Oh, Jimmer. I think with, with D3, it was the, the rifts were untimed, if I remember right, and then the greater rifts where you like had to pay to do um, well, pay some sort of currency, um, those had the time limit. And it did add that like pressure to get things done, but also like that scaling difficulty that they had in there. So like you were constantly pushing yourself, even yeah. even if you were just yeah, I'm doing another dungeon. Like you were challenging yourself to the next level. See where you can get your character instead of just going. Yeah. So we all agree that D4 is a timeless classic. Shut <laughs> up, Jim. Bernsey, what are you looking to accomplish in the next month with this game? Yeah, I mean, I'm looking to looking forward to finishing the story, um, so that'll be nice to do. Um, and then I'd like to start a new character then on the new season and do like at World Tier 3 or whatever so that I can unlock all of the like bonuses for the different regions and, and mess around with a lot of that stuff. And so, yeah, I'm just looking forward to doing more uh, things like that uh, after I finish the story. Casey, your ambitions for the next month before we record part two of this discussion? Yeah, first thing is going to be finishing the story. Um, and then just exploring that endgame content. Looking forward to taking on some nightmare dungeons and uh, possibly creating 
some new characters and experiencing um, what they have to offer and, and their different builds with that is uh, is what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, and I also want to I also want to try a hardcore character because I've never done that in a Diablo before. So see how long I can last. Probably get frustrated, die early, and then never do it again. But we'll see. Yeah, I created several for the DT show, and like it was interesting, but like I lost one due to lag, and that kind of soured the entire experience for me. Feeny, your hopes and ambitions for the next month with this game? I guess the same. Um, finishing the story, uh, clearing out the map more, exp- you know, clearing more check marks off things. But it'd be awesome to survive the butcher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we wandered into the butcher i don't even know how this system works but like phoenix and i were just in a random dungeon one time we're walking down a hallway all of a sudden the butcher comes at us he kills her in one hit like i'm playing my trap rogues when we go trap 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 run 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 trap 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 i'm dead how about you jim did you take on the butcher yet or i've taken him a few times and went toe-to-toe with him and like just chugging health potions while my wife the broke is just bouncing back and forth and I barely survived the fight and she's like what was the big deal because he <laughs> never attacked her he was attacking me and then I've encountered him a handful of other times and he just destroyed like his power level is so much higher than anything else you'll ever face in that game it's insane he's overtuned I remember we were playing the game and it, there was a countdown that appeared that the butcher is going to appear in this and you're like, I hope we're not here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had it happen one time when I went down into one of those, I can't remember what they're called, but like the little, the the little mini, yeah, the cellars. I went down to a cellar and he was there. I was just like, nope, ran right out. <laughs> Hard pass. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> I want to finish the story. I want a Paragon level like a boss, and I want to check out the endgame content. Jim, or anything else you want to say in our part one discussion about Diablo 4? No, I just want to kill Kadala, man. Really, really bad. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to level up quicker. I, I want to do a new character and, and, and get to endgame and do that. Use a leveling build. Oh, I do. You're out there. Okay. <laughs> you just want to go even quicker. Absolutely. Maybe no, maybe no hesitation in a guide. Maybe season three, they're gonna do that. They're gonna make it super fast, and then everything's gonna be all uh, uh, sunshine and rainbows. Sunshine and rainbows. That's what we're all about here on Outside is Overrated. <laughs> well, that is gonna do it for our part one discussion on Diablo Four. We'll be back next month with our complete thoughts on the game. Hopefully, with our thoughts on the end game content. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this segment of Outside is Overrated. Please support our show on Patreon at patreon.com/oio. Until next month, stay inside, kids.